This podcast is produced by Unedited. Optimizing your day is probably the single most important thing you can do. The timing of what we do is far more important than what we actually do. That's Tim Gray, and this is episode 198 of In the Moment with me, Alex Manzi. And having battled with depression and anxiety, I became a coach who helps people to be more present in their lives so that they can live with more abundance and clarity. And this podcast is all about conscious living and positive well-being. And each week, we hear the stories and tips from some of the most inspirational people in the world. On this week's episode, I am joined by Tim Gray, who is a dedicated health-optimizing biohacker, a psychology specialist, and entrepreneur. He's known as the UK's leading biohacker. And you may be wondering what biohacking is, and it's, it's essentially the combination of science and nature and finding the ways to optimize your health. And I find this stuff super interesting, so I really hope that you can take a lot from this episode because it's kind of a, I guess, an introduction to biohacking and all of the benefits and what it's all about. I'd also recommend grabbing a bit of pen and paper or having something you can write some notes in because you're going to want to take note of a lot of the stuff that Tim says in this episode. I know I did when I listened back, so I'd highly recommend it. I'll try and put as much of the notes in the notes for this episode as possible, but you might want to take your own notes just to be sure. During this conversation, we spoke about how to optimize sleep, hydration and grounding and affordable biohacking tips. So the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share the link with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Tim. Hello, welcome, Tim. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure, man. I've I've been really into um, your stuff since I discovered you through Ryan Evans, because I had him on the podcast recently, and I was doing some research on him, and I I, I stumbled across your conversation you had with him on his Instagram Live, and I was just sat there, like, glued to it, like, this is so fascinating. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of diving into what you do. So... To kind of, I guess, kickstart us, if there's anyone who's listening who hasn't necessarily heard about what biohacking is, how would you sum that up in a, in a nutshell, as it were? Mm, good question. Um, it's the art and science of optimizing your health using nature and technologies, <clears throat> basically. Um, yeah, it's quantified and targeted. So you don't just take a pill and hope for the best. You figure out what the root cause of something is, and then um, change one thing, see how you improve, track it, and see how you progress. Um, it's, it's interesting, I'm just going to touch on something really quickly because I did a post a couple of days ago, I think, um, about, about testing specifically because if you, if you go to a standard doctor, generally all they do is, you know, if you go in with, for instance, uh, strep throat or bloating or something or other like that, strep throat, they go, here's antibiotics. They won't say, what's your diet like? Are you exercising? Are you getting grounding or sunlight? What's your vitamin D levels like? Um, are you taking vitamin C when you start getting, you know, your, your strep throat coming on and things like that? They just literally look, here's the medicine opposed to, you know, what's the purpose behind this happening? And so really biohacking looks at the reason why uh, to fix the root cause opposed to just, taking a medicine for it. Obviously there's a place for medicine, um, especially emergency care. I'm a big fan, personally saved my ass several times. Um, But the other side, the chronic health side of things, actually quantifying and tracking it isn't done enough. And how, how important is the, the tracking side then? Because I feel like, the, like I've, I've got a decent understanding of some of the stuff, which is 
great to do like the sort of the more general things you'll hear which I'm, we'll probably dive into a little bit later but how important is that tracking element because i feel like that's the bit that you don't hear about often it's massively important <clears throat> uh, i uh, i have a saying i have a saying i said it once um, <laughs> unless you test you guess um so, you know another way of saying it is if you can't um if you, you can't hack what you don't track basically yeah. Um, I'll give you an example with the Aura ring. Um, you'll see many biohackers or health geeks wearing one. Um, what it does is it checks, it tracks your deep sleep, REM sleep, light sleep, activity, heart rate variability, which is one of the best indicators for health, uh, resting heart rate, respiratory rate, all of these things. And um, <clears throat> for instance, if you're having the lack of sleep or you're not sleeping well, you're waking to go toilet at three in the morning every day. If you go to the doctors again, they will say, here's a sleeping tablet if they let you have one. Mm. As, as a biohacker, we will say, let's track your sleep. Okay, let's see which stages of your sleep you're not getting. Let's see how long it takes you to fall asleep. Let's look at your respiratory rate and what your heart rate's doing, your re- uh, heart rate variability. Some of it could be down to stress, which is why you'd have a low heart rate variability or a heart, high resting heart rate. Or it could be that you're just not oxygenated properly, um, which is why why your respiratory rate is higher. So incorporating things like Wim Hof, you could one day implement Wim Hof breathing exercises into your morning um, and have a cold shower, freezing cold shower, cold thermogenesis, they call it. Um, and then try maybe some, um, some supplements like niacin or to the extreme trying melatonin and then <clears throat> tracking again the next night and changing one thing at a time and seeing what moves the needle. Like for instance, for some people, this is how important tracking is, tracking their sleep with the aura ring. Uh, one of my team actually said, oh, I just can't get my REM sleep. I just can't. I like I have 2% REM sleep with five minutes a night. What's going on? And I said, okay, well, what's your whole protocol for your sleep as a biohacker? And she said all these things. I said, okay, <clears throat> magnesium. A lot of people say it's good for sleep. Remove it because for some people it upregulates things. For other mm-hmm. people, it, it helps them out. So she removed the magnesium and overnight, you could see on her data, her um, sleep improved significantly. So with based on gut, gut feeling, that would take forever to do. But when you've actually got data, even if the data is only 70% accurate, it's far better than just guesswork. Um, so, yeah, now there's things like tracking your hormones, for instance. Some people say, oh, well, I've got a low libido, but my hormones are definitely fine because I haven't got chronic fatigue and things. Well, if you do a decent um, hormone test like the Dutch test, which I, which I um, really like, you could actually look at what is going on in the body from all angles hormone-wise and look at what uh, is at, the, I guess, the top of the, the chain um, to fix from there so it filters down to help balance hormones. So without tracking, you're just, you're just guessing. Um, and I think the world has got to the point where there's a lot of guesswork mm. to chronic health. Yeah, and, and, and on the, the hormone thing there, like what, what's that correlation then with, you know, like you said, keeping track of where your hormones are at to how they relate downwards, like you said, into like your physical health and your mental health and how they kind of tie the picture together for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, is <clears throat> if someone like I don't work with clients or patients, I'm not a medical practitioner. I'm just a biohacker that wants optimal health and to look younger than 41, uh, which, <laughs> which I think you do to be fair. <laughs> um, so 
So, I, but when people come to me and say, oh, well, I've got this going on, for instance, like I've got anxiety or I'm stressed or um, I haven't got a libido or low libido or whatever, um, I often do straight away ask them what their digestion's like um, or um, what their diet is like because hormones, uh, very, very basically, hormones come from fats. Um, and that fuels a lot of your energy, obviously. And so if you're not eating the proper fats, you're eating crappy fats like sunflower oil or margarine and things, yeah. um, then you're not going to be operating properly on a cellular level and your hormones are going to be all over the place. Um, but there's also the element of um, with digestion, if your digestion isn't working properly, your gut recycles a lot of hormones, actually. Um, and also your liver, it makes liver bile and that those are like washing up liquid, I guess, would be the easiest way to explain it. When you have a pan full of oil and you put washing up liquid in, you can see it disperse the oil very, very quickly. That's what our liver bile does um, to the oils that we eat. So if your liver's stressed or your digestion isn't right, you're not going to be using those oils um, properly. And therefore, you'll have hormone imbalances tracking it. You can just change your diet and then you track your hormones a few months later and see how they change uh, significantly. And again, I've done this five, six, seven times with a particular test for hormones and have tracked, you know, up to 35 points of data every day for a long time until about six months ago, I stopped because it was driving me insane <laughs> keeping track of everything. Um, so, yeah, so it really is, <clears throat> really is important if you really want to achieve a lot further. And I think that, uh, an example I'll give was, um, I read um, um, a thing about 1% improvements mm. and yeah, there was, I think it was a cycling or a rowing team. I can't remember. Off it's the, the British cycling team it is. Yeah. And how they improved the saddle, made sure that the brakes were dusted off all these little 1%, which, you know, was really well calculated. And as a result, they, their performance increased massively. Um, whereas the teams that were just doing it on guesswork without tracking these things, without the little 1% here and there, you know, obviously were left behind. And this is a common approach. Um, in modern days, it's refining the data that we have got. So therefore, data is power. <laughs> mm. So that's why I think biohackers or the biohacking movement has grown so quickly because it's seeing people that have been chronically ill or tired, chronic fatigue or whatever these things are for such a long time, the, the doctor's system hasn't been able to help them. And then they turn for something else, uh, which is exactly how I got into this space, you know, 10 years ago as well. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of love the fact that you've referenced the 1% rule there because it's, it's, it's like a mantra of mine that I always go back to. It's, I heard it initially in a different way. I heard it from a business perspective. I think it was on a podcast and there was a guy talking about just, just trying to make a 1% profit every day or whatever it was. But then I kind of related that to my own life and kind of tied it into where I was at with anxiety and kind of having this life that I wasn't very happy with. And I started to think, well, what if I did one thing a day that 1% that improved my day. And I did that every day over a course of, you know, three months, what would that look like? And I started, you know, trying little things like, you know, keeping a gratitude journal, meditating 10 minutes a day and adding those little 1% here and there. And again, you, you see, you don't notice the, the improvements there and then when you're doing them, but over time, when you look back, you can all of a sudden go, ah, okay, I see what was happening. Like all those 1% add up. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah, the example of the British cycling team, which is 
really, really fascinating example as it is because it's a professional sport that you can go, okay, I can, I can really relate to it because it's, it's more understandable. I think like adjusting the saddle, adjusting the brakes. And I think they even went as deep as to like adjusting the, the, the mattresses that the team was sleeping on. And they, they went really into it, like from a outside of the sport perspective, the kind of in, invisible training, um, which is really fascinating. Well, I heard, that they, I heard that they had <clears throat> the bikes in the back of the lorry yeah. and even had them painted black so you could see the dust on the brakes. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's like a 0.1%. But yeah, I mean, it's, they all add up significantly. And I, you know, it's awesome. And I think it's the same. If you've got those points of data, you can do that with your health as well. Um, I mean, I, if you've seen the before and after, I'm not sure if you have on my Instagram, but me at 31 and me at 40, uh, it's it's a significant difference. I'm sure, I've got a few more grey hairs, which I'm just working on at the moment. Um, I'm hoping that they'll be gone in the next uh, in the next six months. Um, yeah. But but apart from that, yeah, my my body is significantly better. My mind is clearer and sharper. Um, but it's taken ten years of extreme <laughs> extreme stuff. But again, the general the general population don't need to do extreme stuff. Um, and a lot of this stuff wasn't was readily available. There wasn't Instagram shouting about this stuff. When I, when I got into it, I was alone. I was, that sounds really bad. I was alone. <laughs> I was alone. No, it was, there was a few forums like Yahoo forums and things like that, where people were all, you know, talking about their symptoms and, you know, really at the end of it. And um, yeah, it, it's changed a lot in that time. Now there's a lot more support. There's things called functional medicine and functional practitioners and, and you know, influencers such as myself and conferences around the world, like Bulletproof Conference and things like that, that really do um, let people know what is actually possible, which is why a lot of these biohacking technologies and supplement companies are being brought out by Big Pharma because they know that this stuff is working and that's where the money's going, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's great, like you said, that, you know, people don't have to go to the extreme like you you said you've done because you've done it you've kind of tested stuff for people right you you so you've got the knowledge to share so what kind of um kick-started your journey into this kind of biohacking biohacking world um i um i got ill <laughs> basically and um i kept on going to the doctors. I mean, it started with, and I, I feel like I've said this a million times now, and I've, I, uh, I need to think of a new way to, to <laughs> this is truly the entryway in, is that I started getting kidney stones. I went, I went traveling to Bali and I was there for about a month. And um, when I came back, I got back into the country. And the next day I had a kidney stone stuck in my ureter, which felt like a, a dagger being mm-hmm. ripped through my um, side it was pretty insane three days i was in hospital with it stuck um and it's the inside bits not the last bit that's the painful bit trust me um but the point is is when i said to the doctors you know it became quite stressed about it you know why have i got this and they said well you don't know some people just get them and once you're a former you're a former and i kind of didn't really accept that and i kind of parked that to one side and it went on about a year of trying to figure out why these kidney stones were and why i was forming them and uh and whatnot and i probably had five in the space of a year something like that and um one day i went to the doctors to do a urine test and a stone came out while i was taking a pee which was a pleasant thing um at least we had a sample for them to test to see what it was 
And then when I found out what the composition of it was, then I started researching. Um, <clears throat> then I started getting bloating because I started getting urinary tract infections from, or, or so I thought they were urinary tract infections. It's actually oxalate crystals, which feel like a UTI, which actually scratch you on the way out, um, which is what a lot of, in my opinion, UTIs actually are when they can't find bacteria is actually uh, oxalate crystals. And that comes from the digestive system not being able to break down oxalates properly um, and various other factors as well, such as liver insufficiency and, um, and B6 deficiency. So as a result, I was forming these kidney stones and I realized that it came down to gut health. So I started optimizing my gut pretty sharpish and um, I'd had so many antibiotics, so many, like I'd been on serious antibiotics for three months in a row because I'd had urinary tract infections and a prostate infection and epididymitis, which is an infection in the testicles, which was just, you couldn't sit down. Um, I couldn't pee and, and because of the prostate issue, I was like needing to go pee all the time, but it wouldn't even come out. So it was pretty extreme to be fair. Um, and then one day I said to the doctor, you know, I was at the end of it. I, I almost wanted to say I wanted to end things. Um, in fact, I, I did say I feel like ending it. And he started writing down and I was like, I'm, I don't mean it. But um, I said, so what's wrong and with me? And he said, I don't know, can't tell you. We've tried everything, I can't find anything wrong. So <clears throat> I remember that my mum had driven me to the doctors actually. Um, and um, I remember getting home and started searching um, kind of connecting the dots and the, 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 I guess the main point that drove me was I had a gun to my head. I had been running multiple companies, um, where I thought sickness was a weakness. Um, and then I, to the point where I couldn't drive anymore, I couldn't leave the house. So <clears throat> I got myself some of these. <laughs> just by chance I'm a big fan of these um, it's classic I wrote down every symptom I had and stuck it on the wall uh, like you see in the movies when they're trying to find a killer I guess yeah and uh, in fact my walls like it here now around me but you can't see on camera and started linking them together and looking at the cause and effect correlations um, between the different symptoms and how they all tied together and I, I guess I didn't know anything about biohacking at this point. All I knew is I had these things going on and I was trying to connect them, mm. looking at the body as a connected system opposed to, you know, reductionist medicine. Mm. Look at your kidneys because you've got kidney stones or, um, or look at your prostate because you've got prostate issues, not what's going on systemically. Yeah. And did you, did you have any previous knowledge of biology in, in general, other than like school studies, for example? No, I, did, I didn't. I, I hated school actually. And um, I left school at 15 and, um, yeah, I really, I really hated school and everything about it, actually. But um, I just knew that I had a gun to my head. And I'd always been a, an entrepreneur, a businessman, starting companies, building them, selling them and whatnot. So I just kind of looked at my own health as if it was a company and I put my head into the books all day, every day. Um, luckily, I had a good team at work behind me. So, you know, when my brain was too foggy or my energy was too low and I was not feeling well and they would ask me what I thought would be the right answer for a, you know whatever reason I would just say what do you think and then you know they would say well I think this and then I would pick the best one so I had a good team and I didn't have to work in the office all the time <clears throat> but I really devoted my life and I have done since to um, having optimal health um, and then I heard about Bulletproof Coffee five years four or five years later that was about 2014 2015 
had a bulletproof coffee, realized that it was amazing for mental clarity and energy and tasted good and meant that I could fast or, you know, not eat so much food um, and get more protein into me. And the fat fueled me well. And then I found out about biohacking as a result of bulletproof coffee and Dave Asprey. And thus it began. <laughs> yeah, the journey began. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I think, I think it's always so interesting how anyone's journey into any kind of discovery always starts with something like for you you're saying there with the, the the kidney stuff for me it's like mental health battles and you know other people have had it on here it's like there's always an anchor and i think mm. sometimes we forget that when you're in that moment mm. that it can feel horrible like i'm sure that year of of five kidney stones and everything that you're saying wasn't a pleasant year but mm. being in that year has kick-started you on to so much more and i think we forget that sometimes when we're in it so it's always really reassuring i think to hear that you're like you're in that moment but something can come of it and it can be a good thing um so it's amazing to see that that had that something so bad at the time has kickstarted something so good in the end um or to continue anyway so yeah what what would be then some of the kind of the fundamentals because already like there's been a you, you know a lot of things that you've mentioned here and there but as someone who, you know, hasn't heard much about biohacking or doesn't know loads about it, what would be like the, the foundation level stuff to kind of look at first? But it really depends on why you want to do biohacking, really. Um, because if it's for chronic health, it really depends why you're doing it. If you've got chronic health issues um, or, you know, you've got symptoms like bloating or brain fog or whatever, that's one thing. If it's because it's cool and all the cool kids are doing it, that's one thing. If you want for higher performance, that's another thing. So it really does trace back to, you know, why do you want to do biohacking? <clears throat> I like to take it one step before that, really, and talk about the fundamentals that you need in place before you can do all of that cool stuff. Because let's face it, if, you're, if you want to build your body up, you don't start with steroids straight away you give yourself the right building blocks, the right proteins, you have the right exercise regimen. Um, you put all the, all the basics in place and then when you want to enhance things, you know, you use other substances, not saying that I recommend that by any way, by any means. Um, <clears throat> so the fundamentals for me are, are really very simple, um, which is optimizing your your sleep or one step further on from that is optimizing your circadian rhythm or you're optimizing your day is probably the single most important thing you can do because optimizing your day in terms of the 24 hour clock means that you can pull in the timing of your diet um, or the timing of your food, which means that your blood sugar is lower during the night, uh, which means you're not storing it as fat and you're actually healing during the night. So that has massive impact for health. Um, optimizing uh, the time you have your exercise so you're not stressing your adrenals too late in the day and um which means that you sleep better um yeah um making sure that you're blocking blue light at the right time of day obviously so we're not having fake blue light after sunset which stimulates us which stops us producing our melatonin so the timing of what we do is far more important than what we actually do it's coming to surface quite quickly and there's a book called the circadian code by dr sachin panda top notch um dr panda will be speaking at the summit um, the health optimization summit next year so it shows that 
things like grounding, which I'll come on to in a minute, um, making sure that that's at the right time of day to help reset your circadian rhythm, make sure that you get sunlight, sunrise and sunset if possible, um, which helps reset your day as well. And there's uh, some studies on some rats that basically two sets of rats, one, they're both the same weight and they both had the same diet. The only difference is one set of the mice had to eat within a six or eight hour window. The ones that ate in a shorter window actually lost weight. Whereas the ones that ate whenever they wanted, even though they ate the same volume of food, didn't. And that's because we apparently produce up to 50 times less insulin after sunset, which means that as a result, we've got higher blood glucose through the night when we're in bed, meaning that we're storing that as fat slowly throughout the night, um, which means that we, we maintain or put on weight. Whereas when you're eating in a fasted window, you're uh, in a window, sorry, you're, you deal with it, it's parked, it's gone, you go to bed, your body then uses the energy you've collected from the day, whether it's from the sun or from your food, and then reverses the damage that you've done during the day, which is why you know people that are chronically underslept um, or have sleeping issues age quicker, which is why when people have kids, they seem to age a lot quicker as well, because they're getting a lot less sleep and they're reversing a lot less damage. Um, so, so the timing is really, really critical on all of this. And if you do the right things at the right time, you won't wake in the night to pee. You will sleep better and you'll be a lot healthier as a result. So that's the, the single go-to thing. And for one biohack that I recommend, if there's one biohack that anyone ever does and forgets everything else, it is wearing blue blocking glasses after sunset. Yeah. That's, that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, not because I like looking like a diva with orange lenses on. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, it gets you a few odd looks when you're on the underground or whatnot. Um, but yeah, the, the blue light obviously stops us producing melatonin. Melatonin is our sleep hormone. It's also a, a very powerful antioxidant as well. And, um, if we don't produce enough of it, then we don't sleep properly, which means that our health suffers. Blue blocking glasses block out the light waves, the bluer light waves that, um, that stop that from happening. So, so that's the one non-negotiable. If, if I ever break one thing, if I don't break one thing, it's that. Yeah. And where would you get a, a, a set of glasses? And also how important as a whole, I know you, you slightly mentioned that is sleep actually, because I feel like that is quite a big part of, you know, everything we've spoken about so far is like making sure that when you're going into sleep, you're going into sleep in an optimal state so that you get the right amount of sleep and the right amount of, you know, REM and all these sorts of things as well. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, blue blocking glasses, there's several brands out there. I like true dark, uh, T R U dark, which is, uh, by Dave Asprey. It's his brand. Uh, they're probably the best quality out there. I, I think, um, I wear the absolute solid red ones um, when no one else is around. Um, I also wear blue blocks, that's uh, B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Um, they're very, very good as well, very stylish. And then there's Ra Optics, R-A Optics. Um, they're all great glasses. They all do very similar. They all block very similar in terms of light um, wavelengths. Really, it's about styling. And there are a couple of others. I'm testing out a new brand, actually, which I've got over there, um, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're, they're in based in the UK. And I think a lot of people have an issue with the import duty um, as a result because they're quite expensive. 
Um, and then the second part of your question of why, how does sleep uh, help with health? Well, we collect energy during the day, whether it be directly from the sun um, or from our food, which comes from the sun to the food into us. There are obviously nutrients and things like that that fuels our energy as well, but ultimately uh, we're a complicated houseplant with emotions and um, we need that sunlight one way or the other. So with the energy we collect during the day, we use that energy at nighttime to reverse the damage that we've done during the day. And um, the body clears out a lot of the toxins through the night, processes them, ready for us to eject in the morning. Um, if we're not sleeping enough, we're not reversing that damage properly. And we're actually um, shortening our lifespan. Now, for instance, night, sh night shift workers, it's actually classed as a, a carcinogen now, night shift working. Mm. You can actually look at this on um, the official sites and it shows how detrimental it is from health, ignoring your circadian rhythm, your daily biological clock. Um, and it's that way for a reason. And I would say that, you know, people that stay up late every night that say that they're a night owl, mm -mm. it's like half a percent of people are, are true night owls. It's just the, the blue light. Like, you know, when people are kids, the younger, they're not, they're not night owls. They become night owls because of all the blue light. And that's really bad for health. So, yeah. So. Mm. And is there a window or, or in terms of when to, to stop? having access to blue light in terms of like laptops and phones and TVs before you go to bed? Because we generally hear like the, you know, an hour before bed, but is there like a, an, you're smiling, is there like an optimal time or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's several things here, actually. One is blue light, obviously, for stimulating us and stopping us producing melatonin. But there's also the stimulus the noise the things that we're dealing with who's text us that we need to reply to has there someone been trolling us on instagram or facebook that's causing us a nightmare or has a to-do list or a reminder popped up on our phone blah, blah 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 we did not evolve with this much stimulation we didn't we used our bodies more than our minds now we're using our minds more than our bodies and we wonder why our bodies can't cope and our minds can't cope it's because it's the wrong way around so Stopping using your phone at least two to three hours before bed is absolutely optimal. And I've tested this. If I'm texting or messaging someone, a colleague in the States, up until 10 minutes before I go to bed, my resting heart rate is 10 to 15 beats a minute more. Wow. Whereas if I've left my phone alone for three hours, and, and it could be that I'm on my iPad even, but I don't have any notifications on my iPad and I wear my blue blockers, my resting heart rate is significantly better. And it's because I'm not so stimulated. My brain isn't running so actively. Um, and that's me as an optimized, very optimized uh, sleeper as well. I mean, I'm asleep within four minutes and I sleep solidly all the way through and I wake with sunrise, whereas before I'd be a night owl and mm. sleep at two or three in the morning and wake at 10 in the morning. And I have done that my whole adult life since I had a laptop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's really important to get the timing right and to leave the phone alone as long as you can before bed. Two to three hours is, we're so addicted to our phones. Actually, there's a, the social dilemma, I think, is a Netflix documentary. Yeah. I, I think it's media funded trying to get us to switch off to social media. Um, but 
it's it really does say a point of how addictive this stuff is and if we can't leave our phone alone for two hours shows how addictive we are and i think in biohacking space there's a lot of dopamine dominant people myself included um so i chase shiny toys or used to hmm. um you know getting the 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 hit of dopamine every time we get a new you know a new toy or a new supplement or whatever well if it's like that with every reward of a like or comment or whatever or a new follow-up so yeah leaving it alone for two to three hours is <laughs> is, is ideal um reading is the best I find actually before sleep, um, if I've dealt with all the notifications and my day is put bed, so to speak. So yeah, so that's that's really the the it has the most attention and time put on it in terms of optimization, in terms of fundamental, because circadian rhythm or your daily routine timing incorporates the sunlight, the grounding, the nutrition, the exercise, everything. So that really is the capture all. And following on from that, the second fundamental is hydration optimization, which I, I talk about a lot and I bang on about it so, so much. And I feel like I talk about it too much, but people still don't seem to understand the importance of it. Um, you know, they, they have a glass of water from the tap, which is low in minerals. It's high in toxins. And all it does is it gives us more water so that we've got um, enough water in our body, which then we flush out via our kidneys because it doesn't know how to deal with it quite as well as high mineral water that we evolved with drinking water from a stream that was high in minerals, which was really hydrating, bearing in mind that we're electrical creatures. And if we're drinking water without minerals in it, then the electrolytes, then we're actually depleting ourselves of electrolytes. We're flushing out more than we're putting in, which means we become deficient from the inside out, which means that we get chronic fatigue and our adrenals get stressed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's really, really important that people optimize their their water um, and that can be using a really good water filter um i've always recommended berkey berkey water filters historically um but i'm just about to start testing a new one which i've heard from water experts is the best the best system you can get and that's uh, AquaTrue. okay and what that does is this reverse osmosis and um cleans the water properly, and then you can remineralize it with things like Celtic sea salt, which will then give you the, the minerals. An example of that is actually this drink here. So I have three of these a day. Um, I have reverse osmosis, low deuterium depleted water in, in here. I then have um, branch chain aminos, essential aminos, creatine, glutamine, taurine, uh, alpha GPC, uh, Celtic sea salt, a big pinch of it, um, and and sometimes the odd other addition as well. Um, that is quite salty. <laughs> I have three of those a day, and um, I'm optimal from it. Whereas if I don't have these, then you know um, I notice a big difference in performance. Yeah, and uh, all those things that you put in are they are they the the kind of core minerals that we we need to be absorbing from water. Well, so the Celtic sea salt actually has 78 to 82 min, uh, trace elements and minerals in it. So everything that we actually need um, for hydration, depending on the amount that you put in, and I put a good pinch in, in there. The branch chain and essential amino acids are just because I want to be anabolic. I want to have as many um, aminos going into me in the right ratios throughout the day based around my training because I'm bulking up at the moment. Um, I... Again, I've tested this, actually, the difference that the aminos actually make on me. Um, and it was a strange test, but it was an amazing one nonetheless. 
I went for surgery in Germany in December, last December, and it was to have um, a sinus surgery done because I had had a tooth taken out, the bone had shrunk back and um, it was causing me sinus issues. So I went for surgery there. They took some blood and spun it so that I had uh, plasma rich um, M M membranes ready to, when they'd done the surgery, they, they would then put the membranes in there. So it's plasma rich. Yeah. When they brought them out the first time, they were like kind of this big. So it was okay size, maybe a centimeter to two centimeters long by a centimeter. And I'd been fasting. I'd been eating once a day. Um, actually, my friend Simland eats once a day and I was trying to mimic what he did um, because obviously he's quite stacked, but he eats a lot in that time. Mm -hmm. uh, in fasting, I'd been eating in a six hour window, but my health wasn't great. Then a week later, I had to have another surgery done in Germany. Uh, by the same same place and they took my blood and spun it again now the only difference between the first surgery and the second surgery is i'd added in these aminos and basically this mix and so i would have it twice a day at that point my body went from being catabolic to anabolic and the the membranes the first week was about this second week was like this Showing my body was so much more anabolic. I just wasn't giving it the building blocks that it needed to grow and heal properly. So when people say fasting is great for you, it can be for some people. Yes, it definitely can be eating in a shorter window. Definitely. But you've got to be putting the right amount of nutrients or the building blocks in there for your body to be able to maintain um, or, or, or grow. So I've seen it firsthand, <laughs> absolute firsthand. And since that point, it's like never miss a day. Um, and I make sure that I'm hydrated properly with the right water, with the right minerals. And I obviously add the aminos in on top of that for my, my personal body gains and to be anabolic. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, if you're not putting enough energy in, then you're not going to get enough energy out. It's very, very simple. So, yeah, mm -hmm. so that's hydration. That's, that's the second most important, um, second most important piece. Yeah. And, and, and on that, what's the, I know you've mentioned the, the Berkey filters. What's the ruling on like the more, the more standard ones that you get like Brita filters, there's, um, I can't think of the name of the other one. Are they obviously not as good or do they, do, do they filter the water differently? What's the kind of differences there? The retail ones are generally quite crap. Um, so I'm not really a fan of those. I mean, they tick a box and sure they take, you know, some contaminants out, but they're just generally cheapy. Um, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Um, it's good. It's better that they're out there than that they're not, <clears throat> but I do think if you can do it, you do it properly. And also the cost of something like AquaTrue is about 400 pounds, I think, whereas the Brita are about 50 or 60 and you have to keep on buying refills all the time. And I'm just not a big fan of those. Um, also the testing, I think it's down to seeing what it's actually taking out of the water and leaving behind. So, so that's that. Um, yeah, and I think with something so important as water, consideringly, considering we're majority water as a body, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that the stuff that we're putting in us is actually good water. So, so yeah, I wouldn't skimp or scrape on that, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah, it's good to hear because I've been using Britis and I've, I've, I've been hearing about the Berkeleys from a friend, actually, and then I heard you mention it elsewhere. Um, and I've also recently um, been hearing about hydrogen water, What's the kind of ruling with that, with, with water that's highly hydrogenized or whatever the, the same would be? Well, I'm not an expert in, in it. I'm a, actually, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm just a curator of other people's content and um, look at what works and talk about it. But 
hydrogen when I first tried it was uh, about three years ago and I had it and it gave me an absolutely evil headache. Mm. And it's funny because when I spoke to Tyler LeBaron, who is the main molecular hydrogen um, guy on the planet, he said, oh, it's interesting because usually molecular hydrogen does the opposite. It gets rid of headaches. Um, but I found after trying it for a while, I persisted for a couple of weeks and then I bro broke through that and it obviously upregulated something for me, which gave me a headache, some inflammation or something or other, and then it subsided and now I have it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it, um, specifically after traveling or flying. And I, um, I have that with a glass of water. Actually, Ben Greenfield says that he puts it in his green smoothies and makes it, watches it go a funny color. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan. I just, I, I can't talk about the science in too much detail, but um, it does work wonders for some people. It's definitely worth trying, but it's a quite expensive thing to add in because I think they're about 70 euros for it for a small tub mm. but yeah i think if you're if you're eating the right foods and that's paleo single single ingredient foods i.e don't eat recipes eat the ingredients um if you're eating the single ingredient foods um hydrating properly the right celtic sea salt or minerals in there and getting enough natural light and grounding then i don't think these supplements are really a massive benefit um in all honesty they, they're good to be the one percent <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, and let's let's talk about grounding then since you mentioned it what what role does that play because from what i understand is you know we're we're very much disconnected from nature in the sense of you know we were evolved to have feet on the ground and not you know i'm standing in my bedroom on a wooden floor which has probably got brick below it and concrete or whatever <laughs> it's not you know soil it's not stone it's not you know, gravel that that's natural kind of um, elements, as it were. So, what's the the rule in there with with grounding, and how can we do more of it, or, or why do we need to do more of it? Yeah. Okay. So, number one is grounding is the practice of taking your shoes off and standing in the grass, or standing on soil, or swimming in the sea, or in a lake. Um, the the basics again to keep it high level are that we're obviously electrical creatures we get positive photons or photon energy from the sun. Um, we get um, negative electrons, or should I say electrons from the earth. Um, and that's the two ends of the battery. And we're a bio circuit board in between the two. So we evolved with our feet on the ground or with leather on our feet, which is conductive as well, not with rubber soles that insulate us from the ground, um, which completes the circuit. It means that, um, we get a free flow of electrons and we get um, plenty of photons from the sun. Well, now we're covered up in clothes. We don't get much sunlight because we've migrated away from where we evolved from. Um, and that's specifically true for darker skin in Northern countries. They have a vitamin D deficiency quite a lot of the time and have the highest rate of prostate cancer in the world, um, darker skin in the Northern hemisphere, which is important to get vitamin D. Um, but getting the free electrons from the earth when grounding basically um the electrons pair with the free radicals and you would have heard of free radicals everyone seems to be talking about those damn free radicals um which are a byproduct of our our mitochondria or energy production um and from various other things as well and what happens is that the free electron goes so the free radical pairs and makes it stable and what that actually means is that it reduces inflammation and helps the body um, work as it should do, I guess, in its simplest form. 
if we don't ground, we're not getting the free electrons. Um, and you can take antioxidants like vitamin C and all these other all these other amazing antioxidants, which are great. But really, when you have inflammation, the the best thing that you can do for health for for inflammation is ground. It literally is. And if people have anxiety um, or a, a panic attack or um, yeah, or, or many inflammation things like headaches, for instance, if you go and swim in the sea, when you have a, a bad headache, not only are you getting minerals uh, and hydrating from the water by osmosis, you're also getting the free electrons from the sea, you're hyperconnected, which reduces inflammation, and a lot of headaches are actually either hydration or inflammation. So it's actually the win-win um, between the two. So grounding is like one of the best-kept secrets ever for inflammation and if you look at the studies on inflammation and how they've increased over the last 40 years um and time that in with how rubber soles were added to shoes you'll see you'll see that there is a correlation doesn't mean causation but it is pretty indicative to me so so yeah grounding is super important and i practice it every morning for at least 20 minutes um when i'm doing my wim hof breathing exercise in the garden um, in fact, I spent pretty much the whole year without shoes on in the garden or on the beach working or whatever. I also have a grounding mouse mat here um, and I have a, a thing floor mat um, and they're connected to the earth socket of the wall. So it takes it goes up to the earth. So you can measure your body voltage near electrical things and see your body voltage go up. And then as soon as you touch earth, you'll see that your body voltage comes down. So you can see that you're, you're obviously connected. Um, and for me, I find that it's significantly better if I do get not a panic because I don't really do that so much anymore, but get a bit anxious or have a busy day then I need to take a breath. I'll go outside. I'll roll up my trouser legs, get my shoes off, sit in the grass five, 10 minutes later, top notch. It's amazing. Uh, and I've tested this for, for years, for several years now. Yeah. And the, the kind of at home solution would be to look into a grounding mat because obviously right now, I mean, right now it's raining, so going outside might not be very pleasant. And as, as we approach winter, it'll probably become less pleasant. Um, and for people who live in, you know, cities and stuff, don't have access to the sea or, you know, even to sometimes gardens if you're living in a block of flats. Um, so would a, would a grounding mat at home be the kind of solution for that? Well, you can get bed sheets, pillowcases, mouse mats, um, shoe straps for your shoes. And I mean, it's, they're all coming out now. Um, so you can integrate it. I mean, I try to be grounded 80% of the day, um, naturally or not naturally. And I, I don't replace the natural with unnatural unless I have to. For instance, if I could podcast in the garden, I would, mm -hmm. um, which is why I spent most of the year abroad uh, one way or the other. Um, so I can be grounded. So yeah, you can buy one of any of the products and, and help it. I mean, I think the grounding pillowcase or a grounding bed sheet is a really good buy because you don't have to do anything to integrate that to your life. Um, and has such huge benefits. If you're in America, um, they have something, what they call dirty electricity, where you're actually getting, um, you, you could actually be doing more damage because their electrical system isn't as um, good as ours in Europe. Um, so if you're in the UK and Europe, I, I, I wouldn't even worry about that and just get a earthing bed sheet or pillowcase. It's a big win. Uh, it's funny that when you're going back to tracking, obviously, um, you can see a big difference in sleep. Some people do when they're chronically inflamed and they're not sleeping properly. Um, or if their hormones are out of whack, it's actually interesting because people that change their, um, that have high cortisol in the evening, 
when they ground in the morning and in the evening, their cortisol um, comes down back down into range of where it should be for that time of day, showing that the free electrons in grounding um, actually helps the electrical system work properly. That helps rebalance your hormones and your circadian rhythm, which means that your sleep improves as a result. So you can see how these things are all interlinked together. Uh, we're a complex machine. Love that. And I think the way I've always looked at it is like, pretty much everyone loves sleep so it's 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 a good way to kind of invest in you know getting the, the best sleep you can possibly get right and i think i'm definitely going to be adding grounding bed sheets and pillowcases to my my birthday list for, for next month <laughs> yeah i mean it's very very cheap to do it has a max, maximum impact and minimal cost and that's cost in time of having to remember to do it because it's just in place and cost to, from amazon it's pretty cheap um, I mean, I really think the, the final piece in the basics before biohacking, and I'll, I'll tell you a couple of cool things as well to do, but um, is breath work or breathing. And I think, again, it comes back to auroring. You know, you can see how diverse this is as a device um, is people that are chronically um, are under breathers or over breathers, should I say, that they breathe through their mouth, um, the poster through their nose. And we are designed to breathe through our nose such as when we're breastfeeding, when we're a baby, um, we would breathe through the nose, which helps us practice to nose breathe. And obviously we have a microbiome in our nose um, and we produce more nitric oxide when we breathe through our nose and it's more controlled breath work, um, breathing, sorry. And it also means that the less we breathe in and out, the more, the better we can deal with carbon dioxide. Um, carbon dioxide helps push oxygen into the cell, which means that by breathing too much, we're actually less oxygenated so by i mouth tape or used to tape my mouth up when i go to bed um not for kinky reasons but uh so that i'd force to breathe through my nose and then after a while i could i didn't have to wear the mouth tape anymore um i'd then exercise like for instance on my trampoline out here i would mouth tape when i was on the trampoline to force myself to nose to breathe which i then found i became more efficient at trampolining um, and then the final piece of the puzzle was to do Wim Hof breathing. Um, if for anyone that hasn't heard of Wim Hof or how important breath work is, have watched the Goop TV show um, on Netflix with Wim Hof um, of how to do these breathing exercises. And there's an app you can get on your iPhone. Yeah. Um, and by almost hyperventilating um, like that until your lips start tingling, you start feeling a bit dizzy. And then you can hold your breath and I can hold my breath for nearly two minutes um, nice. from after doing the breath work. And then I mouth tape and then go and trampoline to walk in the park. And then my respiratory rate comes down through the night, which means you're more oxygenated, which means your body's doing um, what it should be doing. As Wim Hof says, it's let, let the body do what it was designed to do. Um, and it really, those are the basics. And I haven't gone into oral and dental optimization. Uh, I haven't gone into anything to do with diet other than timing. I haven't gone into anything to do with exercise or movement, which obviously is important. I haven't talked about relationships either or supplements. Um, you know, so there are, it shows how fundamental the five things that I've just talked about really are to health. If I haven't even gone into diet. Um, so, the cool things that you can do now, because you don't want to just hear about this boring, basic stuff. I mean, it's, it's your, your life will accelerate significantly if you implement those things and um, check out my Instagram. Cause I talk about each one of these things in detail and the other things I do. My handle is Tim biohacker. Um, <clears throat> 
if you do things like bulletproof coffee, which is obviously grass-fed organic butter um, in your coffee blended with some coconut oil, that's high fat. Uh, you can also add in things like collagen protein as well. So it's high protein, high fat, and it's almost a meal for the day. Um, slower release caffeine makes you feel good, stops you feeling so hungry um, and fuels you for the day ahead. Um, bulletproof coffee is a biohacker's number one biohack, I think. Um, blue blocking glasses, which we've already discussed. Things like uh, these guys here, Mindscopic, which these are um, natural nootropic, which I find really helps switch my brain on significantly. That's uh, another biohack. There's another one here. And these are just laid out. I mean, not for a podcast, just because I integrate them into my life. These are troscriptions. I don't know if you've heard of troscriptions, no. but they're methylene blue, uh, methylene blue, CBD, um, caffeine and nicotine in the one little trochee that you put in your mouth and let it dissolve makes everyone's tongue go blue. Oh, wow. uh, but it's um, very, very good nootropic. So that's the type of thing you can use. Um, also, uh, anorecetam, which is a smart drug as well, a semi natural smart drug. It's not a dirty thing like modafinil. Um, there's red light therapy that you can do, um, which is very, very good for healing, which mimics sunset. Um, which helps the mitochondria do its thing and helps the body heal. There's hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which are the crazy, I've got one in my lounge actually, are very, very good. Um, yeah, there's a whole host, whole host of amazing biohacks that you can do, but really without getting those basics down, you're just doing it for fun. You know, you're, you're going to be going off the 1% before you get the 20%. Yeah. And so with those fundamentals the basics are there kind of affordable um you know simple hacks that people can do kind of every day because i know we've we've spoken about a lot and i know it, a lot of the stuff is those one percent and i think a lot of people have this idea that biohacking can be expensive but it can actually be quite affordable if you go about it the right way so what would be your tips in terms of like taking on an affordable you know biohacking thing in your life it's really fucking expensive <laughs> if you want it to be. Yeah. But it can also be free, absolutely free. It's more of a mindset. Biohack is actually more of a mindset than a thing. It's, uh, for instance, you've got tight muscles. You can go, oh, I've got tight muscles. I'm going to go and get magnesium IV. Okay, that's 300 pounds. You can go, I've got tight muscles. Okay, so I'm going to get myself, make myself some magnesium water and drink that very cheaply. Or I can get myself a supplement for five pounds. Um, or I'm going to eat foods high in magnesium on the assumption your gut is working correctly. Um, you can go, oh, I'm going to go and buy a sad light, you know, like a seasonal affective disorder blue light for my desk in the morning, which is really good for depression, uh, especially in winter months in northern countries, which, you know, set you about 60 to 100 pounds. Or you can go, actually, I'm not going to play with my phone the moment I wake up and I'm going to go out in the garden, even if it's raining, snowing or blizzard, and I'm going to get natural light in my eyes on waking. That is a free hack. I'm not going to go and buy a grounding pillowcase or bed sheet. I'm going to go out and man up and stand in the garden for 20 minutes in the morning and in the evening. Um, I'm not going to go and buy organic food and fill up my shopping bag with 200 pounds worth of shopping. I'm going to go to the local farmer's market where it's a fifth of the price. You know, it, all of this stuff is available. And it's funny because I did a post on Instagram a few months ago about how my shopping bill was actually, I'm going to show you. 
like my shopping belt is. It's <laughs> like something out of a comedy, that receipt. <laughs> I don't know, it's like Star Wars, the beginning of Star Wars, right? Um, where the credits go up. But the point is, is if you look on there, they're all single ingredients. It's like, that wasn't an expensive shop. It's cucumbers. Um, it's not buying hummus, for instance. Uh, it's not buying all the crap. It's buying organic grass-fed meat, admittedly, which I often go to the butcher for, but I just come back from traveling and I need to fill up quick. But I don't buy products. I buy the ingredients mm-hmm. um, and then have very basic, you know, like, for instance, um, I have a ribeye steak and maybe two veg with Celtic sea salt on it. Um, my one treat is coconut yogurt, co- coconut yogurt. But up from that, they're all they're all... Um, ingredients, not products. And uh, when someone says, oh, your shopping bill, you, you know, is massive. You're going to, you have to be rich to be a biohacker and eat healthy. No, because when you look at people's shopping bill and you'll see the biscuits, you'll see the cakes, you'll see the bottle of wine, this, that, the other. If you take those all out, that's about 60% of the shop. And people that are moaning about the price of it is because they're buying the wrong stuff and they're not buying smart. So, so I just, I just kind of like laugh to myself and know what their their shopping habits are actually like and that way you can have a, a receipt that that's big that's <laughs> around 100 pounds um and that you know feeds me for a while yeah love that thank you thanks for sharing that i like i like the uh that idea of the single the single product uh eating like you said is is interesting i never never really heard it before like that and it makes a lot of sense rather than buying the combined ingredients in something else you can just buy each individual individual ingredient and eat it like that which makes a lot more sense the thing is we eat for convenience now or should i say like some people say well don't buy those biscuits because once they're in the cupboard you'll eat them yeah i mean we are we're human after all you know um you put your partner next to you you're going to want to mate i mean we're humans you know you put a a chocolate cake in front of you unless you're very very strong-willed or have a massive motivation then you're going to eat it so just don't buy it in the first place and it's like you can make your own hummus not i spend a lot of time making sauces and things like that like i like rice pudding that i make with coconut milk and jasmine rice that i make myself and it's worth the time in the prep also when you're preparing the foods you're also preparing your own digestive enzymes which means that you're actually going to digest the food better as well whereas when it's just handed to you with multiple chemicals and preservatives that have been made by someone else you're not going to prepare those enzymes yourself um, and so therefore you're not going to digest it properly plus it's nutrient deficient as well Uh, i think it was jamie oliver that actually said the quote was it something like don't buy the food, buy the eat the ingredients? That's mm-hmm. it. I think that's that that came from Jamie Oliver originally. I think, but I mean, it really is a mindset. Um, I did a challenge on Instagram about a month ago that basically said cut out processed sugars, processed foods, um, all the the crap, uh, basically. And when you boil it down, it says organic veg, grass fed meat, natural fish, rice, veg or whatever that's it no that's, it's very very simple um and yet most people seem to get caught up in the mm-hmm. website of this because we're in the shop yeah yeah and there's and then there's quite a right a wide variety of things that you can make with those five things that you just pointed out you know there's a lot of um flexibility in in what you can make with those which is you know again comes down to the point of if you if you put the time in to buy those things and and make a meal of it you're gonna you're gonna benefit rather than just grabbing something because it's quick and easy 
Yeah, I mean, it's all about time expenditure as well. Like, for instance, if you eat really poor rubbish food like convenience McDonald's, you're going to eat quickly because it's fast food. It's not energy food. Um, so you'll save time on eating and preparing, but you're going to spend time on your health later or you even lose time. And so I, I look at it like an investment. How do I invest my time in what I do? And, and most of it's around optimal. I don't spend too long making things and making all these amazing sauces and this, that and the other. I'll just keep it very simple. Um, but one of the things I'm also doing now is actually eating more seasonally because mm. we evolved eating seasonally um, and not every food was available every day all day, every day, um, which is why a lot of people are getting more and more intolerant to things because we're eating the same food year round. It's like I got allergic to avocados because I was eating so many of them when they just were not supposed to be able to eat them um, all year round. And so people that often have the highest intolerances have often eaten the same food for so many years. And like a friend of mine was became allergic to chicken. And it's because that's pretty much what he ate as a bodybuilder all day, every day. You know, if we eat seasonally, or more naturally, then our body doesn't have a chance to get intolerant to something. Um, so I think that's also a piece of the puzzle that should be considered as well when it comes to eating. Anyway. Yeah, I love that. Well, look, Tim, I, I really appreciate the time and all of the knowledge. I feel like even me personally, I'm going to have to take a lot of time to go back through this and, and take notes and write stuff down because there's so much value and so many little tips and, and, and things that you can incorporate into your life and, you know, go the step beyond if you want to go the step beyond. Um, and if people do want to kind of dive a little bit further into the world of biohacking and sort of creating more for themselves from both their physical and, and mental health point of view, where can they find you and keep up to date with your work? Yeah, it's best to find me on Instagram, actually, uh, at Tim Biohacker. There's about two years worth of solid, solid posts there now um, with a lot of the stuff there. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but uh, all the Health Optimization Summit is where all of the speakers and all of the brands and everything come together uh, once a year in London. Um, so you can also meet me and the speakers there as well. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate it. And uh, hope you have a great rest of the day. No worries. Thanks for having me. So I really, really hope that you enjoyed that episode. Like I said at the beginning, I, I find this stuff so fascinating. I could listen to it all day. I could research it all day. But I really hope that this episode has provided you with a platform and a better understanding of what biohacking is all about. And hopefully you'll want to go on to research some of your own stuff and find out what will work for you or some of the stuff that you're a bit more interested in from the episode. There's loads of stuff out there that you can go and research and read and watch, particularly from Tim's content as well. Just by checking out his Instagram page, to be honest, you will find a lot of interesting stuff. So if you like what you heard in this episode, then please be sure to leave a review and even better still, hit the subscribe button so that you get the latest episode straight to your phone. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from hearing this episode, then be sure to send them a link or a screenshot. It's really, really important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this. I started this podcast to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing this episode. As ever, you can connect with me on Instagram at IamAlexManzi. Until then, thank you for listening and I will see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.